0: Well, today we have reached the final message of our series on Ephesians, Chosen and Called. Uh, Today, we are looking at the theme, Called to Live Strong. Over the past few weeks, we have explored this insightful uh, poster from the Bible Project that we have out in the Narthex. We've talked about how through God's forgiveness and grace, uh, we experience the power of the, the power from God that raised Jesus from the dead, the power of the Holy Spirit. God's love rescues us from sin and from selfishness and from uh, deceit and, and even from death. And we are then given new purpose and new tasks, and we are united with our other believers in a new multi-ethnic humanity that lives in peace. Paul then goes on to talk about how We've, we, in this one body, we have been given many gifts by the one Spirit. And all of the gifts that we have been given, including all the gifts that we uh, experienced yesterday, from juggling and unicycling to music and service, uh, are all to build up the body of Christ. Well, now we have come to the last chapter of Ephesians. And Paul closes out the letter by reminding us of the reality of spiritual evil, the beings and forces that try to undermine the unity of Jesus' people to compromise their new humanity. He says, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the, the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. As Christians, we are called not to attack other people but to stand against the spiritual forces of evil in our world that seek to turn us against each other and destroy god's good creation our political climate and culture today is growing more and more polarized and fragmented and antagonistic people demonize others with whom they disagree We need to realize that other people are not our true enemies. Evil is slippery. Just when you think you've got it pinned down, it twists around you and tries to use your own weapons against you. Martin Luther says that our true enemies are the devil, the world, and our sinful selves. The devil is the source of all evil and rebellion against God. He's this fallen angel that has been cast down out of heaven and now is doing everything that he possibly can to tear God's people away from the Lord. By the world, Luther doesn't mean God's good creation, but all the forces of our fallen culture and society that resist God's rule. And then he talks about our sinful selves as perhaps our own worst enemy every one of us has a shadow when we make bad choices and let ourselves be led astray the image of god in us gets distorted and tarnished but that image is still there god created us as his children and loves us god wants to remake our hearts and our lives As we were getting ready for Donna Kameen's funeral on Tuesday, a young woman walked into the church. I'd never met her before, but she needed to talk to someone. She told me, today is the first day that I have ever prayed, and it was real. I want to follow Jesus, and He's the real deal, isn't He? All I could do is say, yes, He is. She went on to say, I've been listening to liars for a long time. She confessed her struggles with addiction and some destructive choices that she had made. She said, When I did those things, I wasn't in my own right mind. I'm so sorry. I reached out and put my hand on her and called her by name and said, You are forgiven. Tears of relief welled up in her eyes. And she said, I am? Really? And I said, yes. When Jesus was nailed to the cross for your sin and my sin and the sin of the whole world, He looked at the men who were pounding the nails into His wrists and prayed, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. He prays the same thing for you. And I could see hope rising in this woman's eyes. He'll help me with all this stuff I'm going through? Yes, He will help you. He'll help you get the help that you need. And she said, today as I was walking through town, people smiled at me. That never used to happen. It was incredible how that day, God used the smiles of a few people in town to help make a difference in this woman's life she seems to have an, a whole new outlook new hope for a better future through Jesus Christ she will probably continue to have struggles so please be praying for her but the Holy Spirit is doing something in her life bringing light into the darkness even here in Story City Evil is real. A battle is being fought around us and inside us. That lady has been face to face with it. She's felt it coursing through her veins. The book of Revelation says that the reason that the devil rages so fiercely is that he has been cast down here on earth and knows that his time is short. He's like a wild animal caught in a corner, you know, that is all teeth and fangs lashing out until the death blow comes and finishes it off. That is what scripture says evil is like cornered. The po- because its powers have already been defeated through Jesus' death and resurrection, and the mop up efforts are underway. Paul challenges us. To stand firm in the battle, he says, Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. He goes on to describe in detail the spiritual body armor that God gives us. He says, Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. Today, our political leaders and media outlets bend truth to their own agendas. That's nothing new. When Jesus was on trial, he told Pontius Pilate, For this reason I was born, and for this I came into the world, to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. And Pilate said, What is truth? And walked away. He didn't realize that the way the truth and the life was standing right in front of him stand firm paul continues with the breastplate of righteousness in place the solid covering that protects your heart is not your own goodness or self-righteous arrogance but the gift of christ's righteousness the status of being set right with God and with others through what Jesus has done. Stand firm, Paul says, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In Isaiah 52, when the people were in Babylon waiting for God to rescue them and bring them home, Isaiah said, How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, your God reigns. God is the one in whom we have our hope, the one who rescues us and brings us home. And that is the good news that was proclaimed last night at Lifelight, and that each one of us is called to proclaim with our lives, that our God reigns. Take up the shield of faith. Paul says, with which you can extinguish all the arrows of the evil one. Now, uh, the shield that uh, is described in Ephesians is actually not the little round shield that this guy is holding on to. Uh, that kind of little shield was one that was used you know, for hand-to-hand combat up close. The actual word for shield in Ephesians describes a full-length shield that you can lift up and hide your entire body behind as fiery arrows come raining down on you from above. That's the kind of shield that faith is. In in the Roman days, uh, that shield that Ephesians described uh, was made of wood and covered with leather that was then soaked in water right before they went into battle. So that when those fiery arrows from the... From the other side came and landed and, and hit the shield they would actually put out the flames with the water on the shield as you think about that that image what are some of the arrows that Satan has been raining down on you have you had struggles with your health struggles with doubt or worry Has anxiety been an arrow that Satan has sent your way? Whether it's a hang up, whether it's an addiction, whether it's a problem in a relationship that you have, whatever arrows Satan is sending your way, you have a shield to lift up. Some days your shield of faith might look like a (laughs) pincushion, all full of arrows. But you are unharmed. Even your faith, even that shield is a gift. It's not something that you come up with yourself, it's something that is given to you. Take up the shield of faith, Paul says. And then he says, take up the the helmet of salvation. The headgear that is the most important part of a soldier's army is the helmet. And so Paul talks about the helmet of salvation. That word in Greek is not just about uh, being saved for eternal life, but also saved for right now. That we are protected, saved, healed, made whole right now. To have abundant life that begins in this moment and extends into eternity with Christ. Take up the shield of faith. Take up the helmet of salvation. And then, Paul says, take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. I think it's really funny that in this uh, picture here, instead of standing there with a big old sword in his hand, what has he got in his hand? A scroll. (laughs) He's got a rolled up piece of parchment in his hand. Can you just imagine somebody, you know, trying to whack somebody with that? (laughs) Oh, that's not how you use Scripture. You don't use Scripture to whack somebody over the head. You let it shape your life. You let it shape your heart and your faith. Uh, Scripture is the one offensive weapon that Paul describes. And it's the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The beginning of the Gospel of John says, "...in the beginning was the Word." And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And that the Word became flesh and lived among us, full of grace and truth. Jesus is the Word of God. He is God's Word with flesh on. The book of Hebrews says that the Word of God is living and active, a two-edged sword that divides soul from spirit, joints from marrow. It pierces to the very core because He knows the intentions of the heart. The Word of God is God's, the Scriptures, the Holy Bible that has been given to us, but it is also primarily Jesus Christ Himself. He is the one weapon that we are given as Christians. Paul goes on, so He he is the sword of the Spirit. And so then Paul says, pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests perhaps the greatest weapon that we have been given besides jesus christ himself is the power of prayer of being able to come directly to our lord to lift up our anxieties our doubts our fears all of our burdens and lay them at his feet and then ask for everything that we need because he knows even what we need, even before we ask it. This armor has been given to you. So put it on every day. Paul has drawn the language for all of these pieces of body armor from the book of Isaiah, from several different places throughout the book of Isaiah where Isaiah talks about the Messiah King. So now, as the Messiah's followers, we are called to make his attributes our own since we make up Jesus' body. Paul challenges us as Christians to take up spiritual habits and practices, to use prayer and the scriptures and our relationships with each other to help us grow and mature as followers of Christ. Throughout the New Testament, the phrase, one another, is used 100 times. There are actually 47 different verses in the New Testament with the phrase one another that give instructions to followers of Jesus, how we are to love one another, get along with one another, show humility to one another, and build up one another. Over the next four weeks, those verses are going to be The basis of a new sermon series on these commands, showing us how God calls us to live out with one another what he has already done for us in Christ. We need one another because as Jesus promised, we face hardship and troubles and persecution in this world. But as Cassidy sang just a little while ago, this is my father's world. Oh, let me never forget that though the wrong seems often so strong, God is the ruler yet. This is my Father's world. The battle is not done. Jesus who died shall be satisfied, and earth and heaven be one. Throughout his letter to the Ephesians, Paul points towards God's purpose to bring all things in heaven and on earth together under one head, Jesus the Messiah. That good news gospel story reshapes every part of our story, every part of the story of our lives and the story of our world. Amen.